Hi everyone, welcome to Training with Casey, where we explore animal training and living our best lives with animals. I'm Joseph Laughlin, producer of this podcast, and now here's your host, Casey Covert. Let's get started. Thank you, Joseph, for the great introduction, and very nice to be here with you tonight. Good to be here, too, with you. I hear that you are doing some more work with animals lately. Do you want to fill us in or do you want to keep it under wraps a little while longer? Keep it under wraps a little bit longer. We will let, we will give them a surprise later. Okay. That sounds like a plan. And sometimes that's a wise thing to do. Well, we have been talking about terminology lately and also how animals perceive training and how our audience perceives training. And so recently I did a little podcast talking about the need to keep it real. So we have done a lot of work with horses, for example, that understand a lot of different things, like different words, different movements, body parts, and so on. But it's important when you're working with these educated animals that you keep it real with them, that you don't just ask them to do the same thing over and over again. So let's say you teach an animal to identify your cell phone and your car keys. And then, you know, other people will think that's cool. So you go tell your coworker, Hey, come here, look at this. Look, watch this animal. Show me the car keys. Good. Show me the cell phone. Good. Isn't that great? Wait, let's go get our bus. Wow. You want to see this animal? Okay. Show us the cell phone. Good. Show us the car keys. Good. Well, After the third time you do that to this animal, he's going to give up on you. He's like, I've told him three times. He still can't figure it out. I don't know why he's got keys to the car. So if we ask anybody the same things over and over and over again, they'll stop talking to us. And I think it's really interesting that in operant conditioning, there is such an emphasis on repetition. And in reality, I think that repetition can be very mind-numbing and it can destroy training and it can destroy relationship. Do you have an opinion on any of this? Can you explain how it can be mind-numbing and, and harm the relationship? Okay, let's take uh, real communication, okay, like just a conversation. In opera conditioning, we are told that the animal should get something right eight times in a row before you change anything. So... Um, If I ask you, you know, to hand me a pencil and you do that and I say, good, 
And then I say, hand me a pencil and you do that. And I say, good. And then I say, hand me a pencil and you do that. And I say, good. And then I say, hand me a pencil. What are you going to do that time? And do the pencil. Yeah. If I'm lucky. If I'm lucky. A lot of places where the people work with animals have a lot of problems because the animals opt out and they can opt out because they don't like the behaviors or they get tired or, you know, uh, they would rather go chase each other around the pool. It's bad for everybody. And so I actually also opted out of doing set demos so a scripted demo you know where you say ladies and gentlemen girls and boys welcome to our you know smithsonian institution or whatever it is and then you say exactly the same thing every time and the animal's supposed to do exactly the same thing every day And let's say you have multiple shows a day. I worked at one place where we had up to 14 shows a day. Can you see now how that could be really not good for keeping the animal engaged and, you know, um, really doing the show? The animal would probably get bored. Yeah, they get really bored. And they would, okay, so like dolphins, if you ask them to do a speed run around the tank and to do a big leap up in the air and so on, you give them the cue. And then we'd watch them with bated breath because they might go do that or they might take off like, you know, bats out of hell, like they're really going to do it and then go down to the bottom of the pool and just sit there. And never come up for quite a long time. And they know how the show goes, right? And welcome to our dolphins and blah, blah, blah. And the dolphin's supposed to be jumping up in the air, but there's nobody there. So you look down in the water and there they are laying on the bottom, kind of snickering at us. And what's really dangerous is they like the audience and they were very good at playing them. So rather than do what I asked them to and get some applause from the audience. They could do what they wanted to do and really get some applause from the audience. Like there was the time that they came up behind me while I was um, working with a sea lion and they just drenched me and the sea lion from behind with water. And the poor sea lion was all confused. Like, why are they doing this? I wasn't confused. I knew exactly why they were doing it. It was war, baby. And they wanted to, you know, just play with things and have their own way with the audience and so on. And I actually did get the audience back, but that's the kind of thing that will happen when the animals get bored. But if you have a different way of working with them and you just get them engaged and keep them engaged and keep things real. So keeping things real would be more like, hey, 
could you do this? All right, go try it. Oh my God, you did it. That's great. Woo, look at that, everybody. Whoa, do you want to do it again? All right, go for it. And then they do it and the audience goes wild and you know, you show them off and everything else. And then you stop that and you say, what could we do next? Could we do this backwards? Or you, you keep twisting things a little bit and adding other challenges rather than focusing on it like, you know, that's the Rockettes and the animal has to do it exactly the same way every single time over and over and over again so that you're just driving it down to memorizing the absolute details or replicating the absolute details. Is that helpful in explaining what I mean? Yes, that's very helpful. Okay, good. So I'd like to talk about an alternative. And that is to just simply train in front of the audience. So we talked before about the importance of having many different kinds of shows, that the shows, the different show formats show off different aspects of the animals, put the focus on different issues uh, like conservation versus you know, what this animal is like versus training versus a story. So shows can be a way to deliver a lot of different kinds of information, but they tend to also be very repetitive for the animals. And another option is to just train and record that. So what I have here is this is a video that's about three and a half minutes long. And the backstory on this is this cat was a stray in the Netherlands and it got hit by a car. So it got brought to this veterinary uh, clinic. And this is Dr. Alan Hoff. He's fantastic. And He's even going to say, you can see this is a cat that does not want to be in your arms. And so it takes them an average of 16 minutes to get an animal ready to do x-rays. And here, well, let me, let me go back, get them ready to do x-rays. And when they do the x-rays, they usually sedate the animal. And when you sedate the animal or anesthetize them, whichever is necessary, it's going to cost more money, take more time, put more stress on the animal's body. So here's a cat that just got hit by a car and he could be released to the shelter if they can see that he doesn't have any hidden broken bones or anything. So they just need to take, you know, an x-ray of his body, but if they have to sedate them and everything, it's the extra cost and the extra time and the extra stress to the animal. So uh, I'm gonna show you what it looked like. Now the original video was 13 minutes long. So we've cut it down to three minutes and 37 seconds just by taking out all the repetition. So I kept 
at least one of every different step. But let's watch it together. And you can tell me if it's clear or not. Now, the other thing is we're actually teaching the vet at the same time. So I'm going to not, I want to try to explain things to you, especially because some of it is in Dutch. So what I'll tell you ahead of time is um, in Dutch, behind, like I'm going to put your paws behind you, uh, paws are poten, and achteren means like after, behind. And terug means on your back. So you're going to see we're teaching the cat and the veterinarian at the same time. So let's see what it looks like to you. Like maybe I cut too much out, right? Are you ready for this? Yes, let's do it. You see, this is not a cat who wants to be in your arms. X. Okay. X. Oh, 
Bilingual cat now. En dan moet er nu de boot naar achter. En dan terug? Ja, terug. Good boy. Poot naar achteren. Wachten, poot naar achteren, klaar. Was it clear or not? Yeah, that was clear. So... The thing that's different about a Verbo vacation home? You always have the whole place to yourself. Oh, uh, shoot. We can't get away from these ads. This is not a... You see, this is not... Okay. So, let's just do it again and looking at... So, the first thing, as far as, you know, just demonstrating things for people, we can just demonstrate it. So this isn't a trained animal where we're going to show you how great this animal is because of our great training. This is where we're just absolutely transparent. And we say, this is our goal and we're doing it. And let's see how well we do. What do you think of that as the starting point? I think that's a good starting point. I mean, for you, where I, you know, I can't even imagine how many animal shows you watched. Animal shows, I love them. Like, I love the stories and the jokes and, you know, the drama and everything. What would you say is the kind of like the hook in this kind of a thing? Because it's not going to be the jokes, right? Probably. Right. And this, it's going to be figuring out what makes the animal respond. Yeah, I think so too. Like, will we be able to do it? Like here, when you see this cat right this instant, what would you say that cat is about to do? To me, it looks like he's scoping out the possibilities for jumping off the table. Right. And this is where the vet says, this is not a cat that wants to be in your arms. So... This time I will talk over it. Okay, who wants to be in your arms? Okay, so here we're trying to show how we use our hands on the body of the animal. 
You have to be careful to feel the bones so you don't put pressure on the bones. And we are literally massaging the muscle groups under the skin. We're not stroking over the skin. We're massaging the tissue under the skin. Now he's not doing, the vet's not doing that very much. He's more like, you know, dancing on the skin of the animal. So Eric and I both come in and try to make that clearer. What would you say about the way this cat looks like right now, just from his expression? Stress. Yeah, I think he's still looking for an opportunity to skedaddle. I, I agree with you. All right, so let's see how this goes. Remember, the whole thing all together was 13 minutes before. So the SSSS is a bridge. It gives the animal immediate feedback. There you go. More of a pause at the end. There you go. It's like, it's the difference between this and, okay. Okay. Does that sit from a good boy? So I made a cut there. I think it was a little abrupt. But here they're all ready to laying him on his side. Yeah, I think it's I forget what the word is for side, and then the back is teruch. So she's bridging as she extends. And when she gave a terminal X, look, he looks up, but he's not looking so stressed. Did you see him just lick? That lick is off the side and it's kind of relaxing. The back paws stretching back. X. Good. X. Good boy. So good or good so. You'll hear that a lot. It just means good. X. Good boy. Good boy. Okay. Yeah, so we go to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you think? Yeah. So now they're going to go to the. There's no reason at all. I'm going to look for my other versions because one version I left in the part where he goes. This is a different cat already. Okay, so he says it's amazing. And normally the cat doesn't understand what they want when they go to take the x-rays. So they have to sedate the animal. But here we just named the different poses. This is you on your side. This is you on your back. And then once we ask you for it, will you keep it as long as we're bridging you? And then we'll say good or good and you're done. So they they just did it. Now, I got a story to tell you that I cut out of there because I didn't want anyone to uh, feel any embarrassment or anything. But 
the vet forgot to turn on the x-ray machine the when before he took this picture. So all of a sudden he realizes that. And so now he's used to talking to this cat and telling him exactly what's going to happen. So he tells the cat, I'm sorry, but I forgot to turn on the x-ray machine. I'll be right back. And at this point, he already is used to this cat being cooperative. So he just gets up and goes to turn on the x-ray machine. And Erica's like, what? And she kind of reaches for the cat. And the cat looks at Erica like, oh, it's okay. He's just going to go turn on the x-ray machine. He'll be right back. And that's exactly what happened. The cat didn't try to get off the table or anything. And so they took the first photo and now you're going to see what comes next. But before we do that, was there anything that you wanted to comment on or ask about? Not that I can think of. Okay, well, here we'll finish it. Okay. There we go. So we don't have the thing that's different. Any drama there, but we do have a you know an effective outcome, and it didn't take very long at all. I mean, I, looking back on it, I'm surprised at how little it took for that cat to be able to get those X-rays without any, um, you know, no coercion, no drugs. No special equipment. So uh, that's just another way that we can do our presentations of animals. Joseph, did you have anything that you wanted to add to this or talk about on it? Not that I can think of, but that was clever to watch. Okay. The other things, like um, as you and I have gone over together, many times we just go out and literally teach the animals right on the spot, like five body parts or, you know, a movement sequence or something like that. 
that they will learn very quickly. And rather than doing lots of repetitions, just like with this cat here, we didn't do a lot of repetitions. We just built an entire picture. So we're looking for clarity, not repetition. I think that is a really important change that comes with cognitive training tools. Okay, well, thank you for going through this with me. And You're welcome. It's, uh, I hope you see more of this kind of work with animals as you work with animals in various institutions, you know, where we're actually engaging them in their own care. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us. And till next time, have a great time training. Hey fans, are you enjoying training with Casey? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Casey Covert on YouTube. That is youtube.com forward slash C slash Casey Cover. Also, give the podcast a like, share, and comment. Thanks for joining us. Come back for more news and views on animal training and living with animals. Stay at the top of the pack with Casey. This is Joseph Laughlin, producer of Training with Casey. See you next time.